Uh, well, some days we need off days and like actual off days that are enforced by the body rather than mentally. Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you guys are doing well. This here is my daily audio blog where I yik-yak about uh, things going on here in Beijing, China, which is where I live, and some of the things that keep me occupied and busy, such as working out some computer graphics and stuttering, uh, studying Mandarin Chinese. And yeah, today uh, was sort of a, um, it was a day off from my two-a-days that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, and I've been talking about the schedule that I've been uh, developing, and I, I don't know what it was exactly, but maybe I do, because yesterday, on Tuesday, I had uh, taken the morning, I didn't do a morning workout, I went for a run, uh, then the afternoon I went for a run, uh, then I did some skipping and medicine ball work. And then I worked on my one-arm pull-ups. And I wonder if that sort of um, did me in. Because this morning when I tried to get up, and I didn't sleep all that well, but I I got up at like 6 o'clock or five five fifty as normal. And I'm like, I've, I can, wow, I feel stiff. <laughs> and I'm not sure exactly what it was. Maybe I was dehydrated because it is uh, a lot more uh, humid and uh, hot these days. So it could be that I'm just getting sort of dehydrated uh, during the evening, so I have to drink more water during the day and leading up to going to bed. Um, it could be any number of things in that in that regard. Uh, it might have been even like the one, the, the two beers that I had. That was it. Uh, very early on in the evening, that might have been enough to sort of knock me out in terms of uh, my hydration. So, like, so this morning I got up and I was like, you know what? We'll go for a walk. We'll do some uh, mobility work, some uh, you know stretching. But even then, during the day, I was just like, the, I don't. My back was. It felt like it was seized. Like my left hip, it felt like it was seized. Or it, if it wasn't seized, it was very tight. I'm like, I, I could try to push through. I could try to push through, go for my two mile run, and then do my kettlebells to hit like the Wednesday workout figure, or I could not and work on something else instead. So what I ended up doing was uh, some more mobility work, but focusing this time on the hip area. So I did a lot of, um, I don't know what you call them, like I guess raising my leg up and doing that. I guess you they call these the, the pails and the rails, like the end of range movement, where you lift your, your limb to as far as it will go in its current state, and you try to move around that uh, sort of uh, hinge, I guess you will. So I tried to do some of that. I did uh, some light kettlebell work uh, with uh, like focusing more on hip mobility and stuff like that. And I did that for about an hour after work. I didn't even go for a run because I was like, I'm, I don't... I also wasn't feeling very motivated, to tell you the truth. When I get out of work at 4 o'clock, 430 my compound is inundated with all of the kids, like all the families are out there uh, playing and it's like dodging, um, you're playing Frogger basically. And it's like these kids are ripping around on bikes, you know, looking one way while they're turning another. And I'm not going to begrudge them this. I mean, because I was a kid, I know it's it's awesome, it's great, and I think it's a, um, phenomenal that, and I think that kids should have that very, you know, laissez-faire approach to what they're doing, that they should have that sort of safety net involved uh, but not to get, to, not to wax too philosophical on that point. 
the basically is I didn't want to go run through the gauntlet of uh, families that was out there. So I'm like, what can I do inside that would uh, take me away from having to sort of uh, face that situation? So I did a couple of uh, flights of stairs. I did that for about 11 minutes. And then I worked into uh, this uh, kettlebell mobility routine that uh, I found on Instagram as well. So it was, uh, it was, it wasn't unproductive. It just wasn't as intense as it normally is uh, for a Wednesday. Now, that being the case, that since I took today off, tomorrow, Thursdays are typically a day off. This now means that I can, when I get up, I'm going to go hard again. It's, you know, uh, you, you miss one day or you swap one day, that's fine. But uh, the goal is to keep on going forward. So tomorrow, it's going to be a run and then it's going to be a kettlebell workout. Uh, and uh, and I was thinking of this because like, I've been talking about the scheduling for the summer months what if I did hard Monday, Tuesday, break Wednesday, so like rest on Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, go hard again, and then maybe something light on Saturdays, um, and then Sunday would be completely off. So I was thinking, like, I'm not against trying this out to see how this balance of working out works out. Uh, it's uh, certainly all tenable. It's possible. Uh, maybe Wednesday is a good day off because that way I can I don't have to worry about uh, being so, you know, this day, that day, this day, that day, this day. Instead, I'll be like, Monday, Tuesday, go, 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 because I know I'm going to have all of Wednesday off, then Thursday, Friday, go, 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 because I know I'm going to have Saturday, Sunday off. Again, I'm not competing for anything. I was watching this a uh, couple of videos on uh, the strongman competitions, Mr. Olympia, and a lot of those guys are busted up pretty badly after lifting for like their entire lifetimes. And don't get me wrong, they look phenomenal. They've been the dream body for a lot of people around the world. Uh, I see what they're going through to get that, and I go, wow. I No, I don't think I'd be willing to do that, uh, to tell you the truth. I, I'm going for longevity. I'm going for functionality. Uh, and I'm going for um, basically being able to do this in a sustainable way, even though I have been talking about, is this sustainable? I guess the idea is... Can I build this up to be a sustainable level of exertion? Good question. Other than that, today uh, we were told to go get tested again for the NAT, the nucleic acid test, which is they, they've made very systematic. They changed the hours again. Uh, today it was 7 until 12 and then 3 until 7. So it was busy. I guess they're herding people into two di uh, distinct times. You have your morning shift and your evening shift, um, which I understand in terms of scheduling and uh, flexibility for the people who are administering the tests. Uh, but for the rest of us, yeah, it does uh, mean that um, we're going to be waiting. There's no sort of just walk in, walk out sort of thing anymore. It's going to be you walk in, you wait, you stand in line, you queue, you get through, and then you carry on your day. Um, that being the case, got that all done, which is good. Uh, it looks like I was looking at this map that I've been tracking for the last, uh, well, since this outbreak started in Beijing, and it looks like the numbers are receding. Oh, are the numbers receding or are the, the red points? No, the red points for sure are receding. The Like the absolute blocked off flagged red zones are receding in number, especially on the map. 
but the case numbers, I can't exactly remember. Maybe they are increasing, but uh, those numbers are not really giving the whole story. Today, we received a communique saying that uh, if a, a community or a compound is to turn not red, which is what I was asking last week or two weeks ago, it, they basically have to have, it's, it's 10 plus 4. Now, it's 10 days, what is it? It's 10 days within the compound of no cases, and then 4 days, so plus 4 days, if someone had tested positive or if someone had tested positive who contacted someone in that community, had some sort of contact with them. So all told, 14 days, no, um, no flare, no whatever results, then you, you get to be not read anymore. And that's, I guess, what a lot of people are saying or, or what, what the, uh, the uh, map is reflecting. So in that case, hmm... Kind of seems like Beijing did a better job. Well, at least according to the map, right? <sighs> Good question. And of all things, I was taking a look at the uh, Chinese markets today and uh, even the uh, Western markets. I'll tell you, just when you think these things have bottomed, they're falling. And I heard at least one of the uh, uh, podcasts that I follow, they're like, yeah, this seems more like the 2000 bear market, wherein or even like in the 1960s where it kept on falling, people called the ball bottom and then it fell more. And then they called the bottom again and then it fell more. So, and I'm looking at this trend line on the Dow Jones, uh, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and I kind of go, as much as I would like for that to be, you know, a, a bottoming formation right now at what um, NASDAQ is bottoming at 30, 3,800, sits at 39.29 right now. Uh, but uh, it's you can see the downtrend. I'm sure you don't have to be a genius to figure that downtrend out. Now, whether or not those long tails on the candlesticks are are indicative of uh, a bottoming of the, of the markets, or if they're just showing that there are a lot of sellers still in the market and uh, or on the market and uh, they uh, aren't, aren't done just yet. The short sellers, and a lot of people try to give these uh, short sellers a bad name, but the short sellers do um, provide a, a service that uh, helps purge the markets from a lot of um, the excess expectations. You might also call that greed but excess expectations of where stocks and the companies are going to go. Let's uh, let's make no mistake about this. Like when you talk about stocks, you're talking about companies. Um, you're talking about uh, people who are running businesses that are affecting people who have employees, who have benefits to pay out, uh, who have uh, time cards to, to honor and things like that. And so when you look at it that way, the people who are giving those companies the money for their operations, which are the investors. The investors are paying their money, even if it's on a public exchange, such as the New York Stock Exchange or Toronto or London or take your pick. Hong Kong, Shanghai, doesn't matter. The people who are giving the money are, are reevaluating their situation now, seeing what's happened in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, and going, things don't look so good. I want my money back. So whatever company I have given my money to, I want it back. And those companies, as a result, are seeing less money to use 
for their operations in terms of stock market accessibility. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they can't generate money or generate revenue. It doesn't mean that they aren't able to uh, that they don't have cash reserves. It just means that their stock market value has gone down. That's a lot different than the value of the company itself. And this is very important. When, when the, me, the news media likes to talk about the value of companies or market worth and this company X's worth has dropped by so many billions of, oh my godly dollars, sounds really bad. But then you look at it, it's like, wait a minute, it just means the stock has sold off. Well, you've heard the saying, you know, buy low, sell high. What are you going to do? That's what these companies, that's what the institution firms are doing. And those investment institutions are the ones who are brave enough to weather the emotionality of the market. So if you, as a person who has a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand, a couple tens of thousands of dollars going, you know, I've really, I, I see what other people are doing. I see the opportunities. You know, I work for a wage, but I'd really not like to work every hour for the money I make. I want my money to make money on its own. But if you don't have the balls, if you don't have the wherewithal, if you don't have the fortitude, the interest to go ahead and play and learn the markets yourself, and I'll tell you, that's not a bad realization to have. It's a very important one because there are a lot of people who think, oh, I can learn that. Well, I have a PhD. I have an MA. Oh, well, I'm a smart person. Of course you're smart. Doesn't mean you're going to outsmart the banks that have teams of accountants and researchers at their disposal around the world in the local language doing the research that gives them the information to make the big money moves. If you don't have the time, if, you, if you're not willing to spend the time, you give your money to these investment institutions. And these institutions are going, you know what, for our clients and given our sort of protocol of, you know, if uh, we must have uh, 20% or 30% in cash at all times or, you know, our, our criteria for selling has been met or our profit criteria has been met. You know, 20% is a typical number you're, you'll hear thrown around for uh, these investment firms who are like, if you make 20% on a trade, get out. You know, just no questions asked. 20%, good enough. That's uh, You're beating the market on average, annually compounded over the last however many decades, right? Well, at least on average, I should say. So investment institutions are could be selling out and... Um, but they might be selling out of some names. Hello, Facebook, Twitter, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, the big tech names. No doubt you've been hearing about this. Maybe moving into things like Canadian Energy. You probably haven't heard about it unless you've been listening to this here podcast because I talk about Canadian stocks and Canadian energy from time to time. But that has been a place, a sector, a market, a country, a nation that has been doing very well in terms of at least one sector so you have to look at those things and when you hear the problem the market's selling off well that's okay but you look up the you look at the makeup of the markets you know apple uh takes up what three percent of the s&p or of the uh, new york stock exchange some or the dow jones it's a huge amount maybe even even if it's just one percent you know if that thing moves uh down five six ten percent it, it affects the whole indices the whole uh, exchange. Same with uh, like Tesla, 
it was included. Amazon, huge portion. Google, if those things move down, you know, the rest of the stocks could be going up. But if, you know, the big three or four names are going down by 10% or 5% a day, it's it's going to reflect in the uh, the final print. Uh, and it's going to reflect in the overall print of the uh, uh, of the market. So it's something to, to be aware of for sure. Anyway, you know, I'll leave <laughs> That, that's enough about the stock market just now. On to other entertainments, hobbies, and distractions. Yes, May You Make Your Movie continues. I actually have a little bit of a trilogy in the works, as it seems, because I shot a bunch of footage that I was um, thinking about using for one video, and then I was looking at today going, no, this would work separately. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it up into three different videos, uh, and that way it's not only shorter, but I also get to try a few different things with the footage that I have at my disposal. Uh, Other than that, I have a few more motion projects that I have uh, started and at least queued up to be done. So this last six days of May, you're going to see a lot more video um, posting from me, both on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as well. That's... uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because there are some things I want to cover. There's at least one project. I want to do another animation, a paper animation project that I wanted to try doing before the end of this month. And God willing, I will get it done before May 31st is done. Before midnight, May 31st. Uh, other than that, um, thinking about this week's language vlog, I was debating about... There's two topics that popped into my mind today. One, what is a language in which I wanted to look at how uh, languages aren't only formed, but what we consider to be languages, and also how we can construct languages. And this all sounds very uh, highfalutin, but it would be like more simple as in like, if we took a series or a picture, uh, a snapshot of the available smiley emoticons and assign them a letter value and a sound value, what could we do with them? So that's where I'd be going with that idea. It wouldn't be like a grand academic exploration of the history of how languages are formed, although I might look at the Wikipedia page for that. That might be interesting to look at. So that's one idea. The other idea I had was that I do hear this comment quite a bit about Ukraine and Russia, Ukrainian and Russian, especially their cultures and their languages. And I go, maybe there is room there for some uh, explanation of the differences. And I think I've mentioned this before on this audio digest, on this daily podcast, that there are differences between the cultures, differences between the languages, and obviously differences between the people. Uh, but to take a look at it and give some concrete examples of those differences, uh, I think it would, wouldn't just be good for other people. I think it'd also be good for me to remind myself of, you know, when I'm faced that sort of blatant, uh, categor- uh, categorical uh, blanket generalization of uh, this war in Ukraine on Ukraine, I have to remind myself, well, wait a minute, no, but there are distinctions. And uh, you can see like there are differences because this one country is bombing the fuck out of another one. And they can level all sorts of uh, nominal insults at them, but at the same time, 
it's um, not only they're misguided, they're not the same people. And they do have very different ways of dealing with the issues that are presented to themselves, to, to their people and to their cultures. All right, so folks, I'm going to leave it there. I appreciate uh, you taking the time and listening to it. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, it was nice and cool here in Beijing today. It was blue skies, which I maybe that was having, uh, you know, weighing in on my uh, getting up this morning because I got up. I'm like, geez, it's a nice blue day. Do I really want to run and blitzkrieg through this morning? Or do I just want to walk and enjoy the blue sky, fresh air because it was post-rain, and, you know, sort of the relaxation that comes with that sort of that nice day. You look outside and you're like, geez, that's just, it's a nice day. It's a nice day. Like, even if you're a cringy, curmudgeonly old man, you got to say, it's kind of a nice day, right? I'm not saying that I'm a cringy or curmudgeonly old man, but maybe cranky sometimes and certainly a bit stiff this morning and not in the way that I really wanted to be. I'll leave it there, folks. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevenstersky.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Keep well, eat your vegetables, and get some exercise and vitamin D. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.